This is the Incredible Hulk Podcast. My name is Eric Hulkerin. We are in the middle of a quarantine. I'm not allowed to call it a quarantine. I have to call it a shelter in place. And since we've been doing this, I've been doing new episodes of this podcast every single day. And today, it is my esteemed pleasure to do the podcast from my kitchen table with my beloved wife. And so without further ado, today's Sunday conversation with Angie Hulkerin happens right now. There are aspects of my personality that I can't control. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The Incredible Halt Podcast. Now might be a really good time for me to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. Don't tell television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. The Incredible Halt. Besides, nobody's getting hurt. Podcast. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it. Hear the music. All right, so it is Sunday morning. Um, you can go ahead and keep eating. That's sort of what I wanted to do. Uh, it is Eric Hulkerin. This is the Incredible Hulk Podcast. And if you're, because yeah. I'm seeing a couple of people do um, comments about just sort of finding this in the middle of it. So uh, it's a real quick sort of backstory. Um, once we were told to shelter in place in Michigan, which was about at this point 14 days ago, uh, our company had jumped on a little bit earlier. So I've been in the so-called quarantine for about 25 days. But once we were told like, hey, we're not going anywhere, I decided that I was going to do a podcast a day and just kind of create that discipline of uh, connecting with people, talking to people. And so I thought it might be fun, even though my wife is gingerly placing everything down on the table, I thought it'd be fun to sit at our kitchen table and um, talk to my wife about what, what quarantine has been like. So first, welcome, Angie. Thank you. Good morning. So yesterday I was talking about the, the stresses of all this, um, which I think you are, are highly attuned to. Yes. Um, and you and I have had some interesting conversations about the differences between the way I'm experiencing stress and the way a, a mother experiences stress. Can you, can you sort of like jump inside your head? I know this is a deep first question <laughs> and you haven't even started your coffee, but like, what's this like for you as a parent and a mother to have all of this going on and then still try to manage all this that's behind us without, without like bringing out a whiteboard and explaining what's going on, right? Yes. Well, we clearly handle it two different ways. Yours is, <laughs> yours is wrong, by the way. <laughs> I know. Yes, I'm aware. No, it's been um, equally probably as challenging. We just handle it in different pockets where I think a mom brain is running in every direction, including what's present, but also what could be present. So I worry about things that haven't happened, will never happen. You you think about and process in a way that you have to always be on an offense and a defense and that makes it a little bit difficult and then you add in quarantine and you add in working from home you add in lack of school you add in managing well, and for you i mean you started a job a week before we did this did. right so it's like yes i was fortunate enough to um on board with a team locally who is fantastic um but that, was, but but my point in bringing that up is like that's another stressor because you haven't had an, a minute to kind of assimilate to the culture, right? Because you correct. had a, essentially a week to hang out with these people, and then it's yes. been what we're doing right now. The culture for me has been what's been happening at my t- kitchen table. <laughs> um, yep. So I had one week on in the office where I got to meet people, kind of engage, get to know them, remember their faces and names, and then four weeks at home. So <laughs> actually beginning my fourth week or fifth week, right? I can't even yeah. remember. Well, I mean, I, we have a, it's literally, I, I haven't taken a picture of this yet. Cause I'm just not really, I was talking to Michael Gray about this. Like, I'm not really sure. And this is probably the, 
for me, one of the, the the more concerning parts about this, and maybe it was Scott Cowley I was talking to this about when we got off the air. I'm afraid that lots of us will lose our sense of humor because we don't know what's funny. Correct. Right? Like, I'm looking at this calendar. I think it's hilarious, but I'm sure some people would be terrified that we essentially have a prison calendar <laughs> where we're marking the days <laughs> off until we get out. You we know? are. And it's funny you say that because I have kind of a certain sense of humor and I'm trying to integrate that with my team. And they literally just look at me as if I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> over which, zoom you know which which i think is is an interesting way to sort of navigate because you've got to you've got to you've got to be yourself right because you don't want to come back to the office and be like who the hell is this person and then at right. the same time there's something about being authentic being well not only being authentic but being in the same space right we're, we're learning how to do virtual because we none of us have had to do this for this long i think um if you look at our phones like the screen time is for us is unusual because typically, mm-hmm. you know, we've we've kind of carved out a day of the weekend where we don't really touch it, but it's not that's not really rational right now, given the fact that it's moving so quickly and we don't know what's going on. And, and quite honestly, Correct. you and I both have parents that are in in the, the red zone, mm-hmm. right? So it's like so it's essential. I, I can't necessarily put my phone away for a day, right? Yes. Agree. Yeah, it's just been fascinating. And our kids. So our time, even with having them on devices, is much more on the higher end than it used to be. But frankly, it's a moment, and but I don't. I mean, yeah, and and I don't. I I don't know that I. I don't know that I like. I don't fret about that as much as I I think. You've been seeing a fair amount, and I'm sure you've seen more of it. I know. Yes, I have a red part of the microphone. Jack's favorite color is red, so he had to point that out. Yes, Um, you know, I'm sure you've seen this more than I have because you spend a lot more time. Your your favorite app is Instagram, where mine is essentially Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But you've probably seen a lot more of this on Instagram. Is like the I don't know a better way to put it, but like this quarantine shaming, right? Where these people have these schedules where their kids are dressed all in white and wearing ties and are up at 6 (laughs) a.m. and have made the kid, the parents breakfast. I'm have learned Latin by 10, you know, I'm used to that kind of viewing from a um, (laughs) outsider's perspective, but actually realizing that real life is within our, our walls of our home. But it's funny you say that too, even in correlation to the workspace, I thought I'm going to get up every day, have a great schedule. I'm going to be show ready and I think by the end of this past week I didn't have my hair didn't have an ounce of dry shampoo it didn't have I didn't have makeup on and I just held work calls because that's what was in the flow of what was happening in our four walls so yeah and and I think that's probably way more normal and I I think often and you and I talk about this right I think often about what and I talked about this yesterday like what will after look like right when your Mm -hmm. your schedule has been upside down I mean by the time this is over we we will have been which is the next thing I want to talk to you about. Like we will have been in the same space with no break for probably 60 or 70, if not longer days. Right. I still, I still love you right now. You know, we're only halfway, <laughs> um, you know, but, but my point is then you've got to go back to work and do whatever that is. Right. And right. sit at a desk for eight hours or go to a cubicle or whatever, which may, may be super simple for all of us. But at right. the same time, you know, I, I think about, um, and I know you and, and your team have talked about this, like, what does this look like going forward and how much of this gets integrated into our team? Is this healthy? I mean, not mm-hmm. 70 days is a stretch, but is, is instilling this, this work from home because we clearly can do it. Yes. Is this something that should be a part of our team? And I know we're at MLive are having the same conversation is, are there people on our team that should right. be doing this rotation where they hang out in their own abode and jump on Zoom calls as opposed to 
coming in and kind of coming out and final part and then I'll let you go is like when you think about how little we know at this point about when this is all going to be over I also wonder if that sort of rotation ends up being a permanent condition just mm -hmm. out of out of necessity I've always advocated for myself to have one day that I worked off-site and that meant, you know, kids still had their regular structure of school or they had daycare, but having one day at home where it's quiet and creative were some of my best days. I think in my previous role, I had a very fast-paced marketing responsibility and education and team-driven, patient-driven conversations. And they all, most of my work happened when I sat at my kitchen table and it was quiet. So it's a drastic difference now from productivity. We are in front of our computers at home during quarantine, you know, not wanting to miss a moment where we were actually overdoing it and not as productive. So I I really do welcome and hopefully the opportunity for conversation for workforces and places to have your normal work schedule, but allow for that one time or that half of a day of what works best for the person who who is kind of the what's what's the right word just the person that's in it and it's their responsibility for a certain project does that make sense yeah and and we have talked about this a lot and I don't actually remember if I've talked about this on the podcast but in the in what I'm now calling the before right before mm -hmm. all of this um many many both of our both of our current companies and thousands of other companies rushed to Google and Facebook's open work environment. Mm -hmm. Everything's open. You know, maybe you have a quarter wall or a half wall, depending on what it looks like. But everything is open. Mm -hmm. And I think what you find, which is why so many people prior in the before wanted to have a day at home, I think what you find is it's really difficult to get a large scale project done if you don't have an office. It is. Right. And your and, focus and, you know, just even completing the simplest of projects have interruptions and errors and just you don't have the full capacity to have one thought complete into another. Yeah. And so I have found and I know you have found like I need to go someplace else to write. If I need Correct. to write a script or I need to write a keynote or I need to go to a coffee shop where all of the distraction has nothing to do with me. That works for mm -hmm. me. I don't. I know that doesn't work for everybody, but since I have to pay attention to none of it because no one is actually talking to me and no one from these coffee tables are going to get up and ask me a question, that works. Or right here where we are where I can just lock it down. And for me, that tends to be at night when everybody's mm -hmm. asleep. I could just lock it down and, and I don't get distracted. But I, I think about will that be part of, of the next iteration of offices where people are like, well, I know that Angie's got a huge project and it can't get done here. It just can't mm -hmm. because Ralph walks by and Sally walks by and Karen walks by and, and it's constant interruptions. Let's tell her to go home on Tuesday and bang this thing out and come back on Wednesday. I think that's right now being on the quarantine side of things. I'm craving the the face-to-face -face sure. interaction because I, I only had a week of it, but I'm also, I want to complete work that I'm proud of. I want to have a full circle regardless of if I'm, out, if I'm in the office or if I'm at home. I think you want to have your, what our brains and our productivity deems good work. And that's, I think, my biggest struggle. And that translates into family life, home life dealing with kids who are at a second grade in preschool level is I can't get to them for the part in which I'm present, but not present for. Sure. And I think at the beginning of the conversation, you asked about the parenting side of things. Um, it's really, I joke, but it's the same for both parents. I just think as a mom, I tend to get carried away in my thoughts and you get a little bit more deeper with how you handle things where I get broader and more scared about everything where you can narrow down and kind of be a fixer. And um, 
what does Brene Brown call that? I forget what she calls that. She calls that like, uh, she was just talking about it on her podcast, which if you guys have not listened to her podcast, it's perfect for right now. But she was talking about there are two types of people when anxiety or fear comes in. There's mm-hmm. the ones that want to fix everything and then the ones that want to be fixed. And I would not say you fall into the latter category, but she was saying like there's a type of personality that's always trying to fix things. Mm-hmm. And I would certainly say that I fall headlong into the, let me, let me, let me, here, let me just move. You know, yeah. you, you joke when we were in our kitchen, you and Allison joke all the time that I'm like, anytime you're touching anything around the stove, I'm like, ah, eh, mm, yes. let me, come on, let me. <laughs> yes. You, I, you kind of fall into, but, and I get, I wouldn't say jealous of it, but you can go walk upstairs and relieve stress by baking a chicken, a whole chicken. <laughs> I don't have that skill set, So I get a little frustrated where I just want to wipe a counter off. My yeah. completion is in the cleaning up, but, um, I get it's hard because I can't, I feel like then I never get a break because I don't know how to self isolate and, and yeah. have product productive moments. So that's my own me. The, w- yeah. But I was having a conversation with my friend, uh, Jim the other day about this and, and, you know, he was joking that he tends to be a little bit OCD and his wife is not. Um, and I was saying that you and him are very similar and that we will be sitting here and this is not a joke. This is a coping mechanism that I've just seen kind of You've always done this, but to see why you're doing it, I've never had the opportunity to see why when you're in a, a kind of high stress situation is mm-hmm. like, we'll be sitting here and you'll literally get up and we'll be organizing a, a cabinet mm-hmm. for a day, right? It's the only like, thing I can control Right, like that's, your, that's your, your way to control th- some things, which has been interesting to see, right? Is that yes. you, every night you have this discipline of cleaning this kitchen in a very, very specific way, right? In the mm-hmm. same way that I have a very specific way why, how cooking or it's not just cooking, although it's funny to say that I relieve stress by baking a chicken. Um, it's the act of creating, right? Like mm-hmm. to this, this to me is is soothing because I'm I'm making something, and uh, like I said yesterday, it, it doesn't at this point doesn't make a difference if people listen to it. Although I love it that they do. Mm-hmm. For me, this is the art, right? You for just me, enjoy. For me, figuring out how to dress and create a a, a, a chicken is is the art. Right there's yes. an there's an extra step I think which is probably why it's a better comparison. There's an extra step in that for me in like Friday when we tried that new recipe and it worked. Mm-hmm. Like there's an extra level of awesomeness when yes. the thing actually when works. it actually works. And turns out, yes, I think we've made more recipes from the Food Network magazine than we've had in the existence of our subscription. But on a serious level too, it's to bring in um, like the mental health factor. Um, it's something that if I can just, you know, if anybody can create something and have a completion and that sense of satisfaction, that's any healthy brain. It used to be that I would create the chaos in order to fix it. And that's the unhealthy side. So um, I'm happy to like have evolved from the creation of chaos. I felt it had to always be there to be successful with anything. So to have such a a fun, like it's silly, you bake a chicken, I wipe a counter off, but I, I love that moment, turn on a little bit of music, have a glass of wine. I clean the kitchen. It's it's a sense of completion. What do you, what is your sense of what's next? Okay, so my thought was is I think we're going to come out of this together more of a, a a strong unit of people wherever we fall on the political scheme of things. We're neighbors who are going to hopefully root for each other and I'll I'll be in this together on a positive uplift. Now, I haven't seen it yet. I was expecting to part of this week where we're no longer speaking in like, here we are, we're here for you. We're all going to come out of this together. Um, I'm excited for that part, but I will remember the companies that weren't the helpers. And um, I'm going to remember the companies that didn't care about small business. And as a family, we have made it a point to be small business 
supporters um, a couple of times throughout each week, whether we buy a gift for someone or we we take a takeout dinner, you know, following all of the protective guidelines. But I'm not going to sit back and watch people in our community fail um, because they're just doing their livelihood. One of my favorite things that I came across was Simon Siddick's video. He just talked about um, how you're either prepared for this or you're not. You either are a company that is cash you know, heavy now, or you've spent your cash. And it's just kind of like, we're all in this together, wherever you are on the spectrum and the tunnel is dark, you know, we're, we're in it, we're in it together, but at the end of it, you can see the light. You just don't know how far it is away, but we're going to come out a different train. And I love that analogy because it just means to me that we are going to conquer this. We are all just going to look a little bit different. Family time is going to mean something different because, um, you know, when we joke and say like how hard it is, but when we go back to the workforce, we're going to miss our kids. Yeah. You know, yeah. our kids are already a grade older. They didn't even get to finish, you know, where they were. We now are going to be speaking in a language of a third grader in a, in a kindergartner at that kind of level. So it's interesting perspective. And I, you know, I, I think, um, there was a Buzzfeed article that, uh, Michael Gray, who did a podcast here, sent me le- late yesterday. Um, and it was talking about how, when we come out to the after, like, each one of us is going to have scars that we didn't have in the before, right? Yes. Those scars will all be different, um, but we will all have them. And um, I forget who the, there's an, it's in Harvard Business Review if you want to look it up, but there's an article about um, grieving from an expert in in grief. And, you know, he was saying that um, the difficult part about right now, and, and I think this is, you're going to key right in on this. The interesting thing about right now is, we're all in a stage of grief and some of us won't allow ourselves to be in a stage of grief mm-hmm. because somebody else has it worse. Yes. And so we say, how, how dare, right? I have a job. Yeah. He how doesn't have it. How dare I, I be, you know, grieving about what's going on. But the thing is we are all grieving for something and, yes. and on a, a spectrum that is very long and very wide, but we are all grieving for something and it's important to recognize that. So that also doesn't swallow you in the same way. Um, and you sort of jokingly say this and, and I try to all the time, like in the same way that Twitter can swallow you, right? All mm-hmm. of that, all of the news. And, um, I shared, uh, an article that a video with, uh, Dr. Drew and it's kind of a timeline of all the, it's not as bad as the flu videos, sure. right? Like, and it's, I, I didn't share it necessarily because I wanted to do an aha moment. I share it because my concern, and, and you know, this, like my concern is how difficult it is for the average American to find out what is actually going, going on, on. Yes. what is actually happening, yes. right? Without because having an extreme viewpoint on either side, either that or having to spend eight hours consuming in order to get to the end of it. Right. Yes. So, you know, we've got this neighborhood Facebook page where, um, one of the, the people in the neighborhood posted this, this article about what COVID can live on and for how long and asked a question like, Hey, the article doesn't really say, what it is or how long. And it was connected to, um, it was connected to a, uh, um, new England journal of medicine article, right? So you had to actually read a 20 page research document to find out that they tested five different surfaces and it was 72, you know, all that stuff. But like, you know, it's, it's hard for me to expect a person who is going through the same things that we're going through to have time to not only read the article from whoever the Atlantic, New York times, Fox news, and then actually click on all the links in it mm-hmm. to sort of fill in their own gaps. And so I have, that's kind of my 
my thing right now that I'm kind of looking out for is like working for MLive and the stuff that we do. Like, who are the journalists who are giving it to you straight? Mm-hmm. And how can you figure out what's actually facts. going on yeah. and get through the facts? As when they, especially on Twitter, when they're going by so fast. Yeah. Yep. I think you kind of equate it to the Facebook repost or reshare. It's like Mm -hmm. no one cares. They just want the sensational comment. And whether you're just a consumer or you're a news outlet, I too just want to find straight news. And I, I spend little time because I can follow, you know, one negative thing. And then at the end of the night, you're again, have the mom brain and you're fearful for everything. So I do welcome just having a that resource what do you do what do you do to get out of that right like what is what is your so occasionally we will sort of at night and i I think lots of healthy couples who are trying to try to weather all this together Mm -hmm. right will have to go their separate ways at night to go kind of unplug before before they come back together like when you find yourself doing that what is the thing that you do to get out of it i so what's funny is is it seems silly but i unfollowed most stories that when I clicked on it, it didn't make me happy or it didn't give me, bring me joy. And I went through and I just did kind of a clean exercise and that I'm not even seeking anything out of that moment. Then just, I get a lot of positive stories or quotes, or this is what someone good is doing, or this is what a business is doing. So I've, I'm thankful that I have an algorithm right now that shows me those stories because if not, it it can get pretty depressing, but honestly, um, getting out for a walk, taking the dogs out, making sure, cleaning the kitchen, (laughs) you know, just that kind of silly stuff. But kind of just some simple things. Do you have any, um, and neither one of us are marriage counselors, right? But but we have had a, well, soon to be 15-year relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Where, um, although each week feels like 10 years right now, (laughs) but like um, a 15-year relationship where we've started it with, uh, and I've told this this story often is we were madly in love heading into our wedding. Don't worry, the story ends happily. Uh, you know, we were madly <laughs> in love heading into our wedding. And then the second we got married, something changed, right? We were running, mm-hmm. we were running a business, the, a family business, right? And, yes. um, and it, be, you know, it wasn't like we weren't in love with each other. That's not what I mean at all. It just, it added, it instantaneously added this layer that, neither one of our parents really prepared us for. Right. <clears throat> and I've, I've talked about this a lot that like being married and being good at being married is really hard work. Yes. And then when you go, Oh, and by the way, you can't escape this person for 70 straight <laughs> days. Um, you were telling me that, that the divorce rates here in Michigan are like going crazy yeah. already. And we're only 25 days in. It's, I think that, um, you go into, you know, dating and there's, those moments are meant to be there. They're like the love letters, the surprises. And then when you're married, you kind of adapt Uh, for us. It's like a team sense of everything. Like we, you and I had chose a home and we chose rescue work and we just dove all in. And those were, we don't think about it. I was how many hours and sleepless nights and road trips to rescues and shelter work and dog walking and injuries. Like we'd went all in and, but we did it together and it was a passion that both of us did. I can't imagine having that solo. That's where I think you figure where, you know, kind of the fork in the road. Are you in it together or are you not? Um, you know, even going on with kids, you have the same sense of, togetherness you have to have the same ideas and what brings you joy in parenthood you have to kind of be in it together and I think I mean sitting across the table I always say like I am have just such admiration for you you're always creative you're always kind um do we have everyday perfect moments absolutely not but at the end of the day I know that you have my back and and that I have yours and I, I wonder um 
well, thank you for that. But I, you know, I wonder, do you have any like insight on, <clears throat> excuse me, insight on what couples can do right now when they, they can't really like we we're blessed that we've got some room here to spread out. I keep thinking mm-hmm. about the house that was a mile away, right? Mm-hmm. If we were in that house for 60 days with three adults, two kids, two dogs and a cat, mm-hmm. I feel like we'd be in a different space. Just because we were closer together. That's I what I'm saying. Think, like, yeah. like just because we we didn't we wouldn't have really had an opportunity to separate the way we can here. And it's not like it's not like this is much bigger, but it it allows us some some opportunity to have some space. And I wonder if you've got any sort of insight on how to manage this, because I, I think by and large we've you know we've we've had some tussles in 25 days, but they're you know <laughs> they're they're recoverable tussles, you yes. know. I think, yeah, I don't unfortunately have a set set answer is, um, but everybody having their own space to kind of retreat to, you know, one of the things that's different about our home now is our children have their own bedroom. They didn't before. So that is key, you know, especially from the go to your room type of punishment or it's bedtime, have your, your son, you know, your area that you can have your own sense of self. But um, honestly too, it's faith. There's times that I will hear a certain message from a friend or read a Bible passage and it just makes sense. Now, are we the people who sit down every day and read devotions? No, but that, that has never left us. And I think that that's one of the simplest yet strongest foundations that you can add to your, to your family life. Awesome. I'll let you uh, finish your breakfast on your Thank coffee. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Uh, friends, we are doing this every single day. Tomorrow, uh, I'm going to give you fair warning on tomorrow, which will be Monday. Um, Joey Williamson will be joining and we will be talking for probably an hour about WrestleMania. So fair warning, if you don't want to talk about professional wrestling, um, that's coming tomorrow. Have an awesome Sunday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Park. Okay. What is your favorite type of candy? Twizzlers. Okay. What is your favorite dog? Marlo. Marlo is your favorite dog? Okay. What is your favorite game right now? What What is it? Star Wars 2. Star Wars 2. Will you ever get out of pajamas and put real clothes on? <laughs> okay. What else, what what else do you want to tell the world? I'll be an Okay. <laughs>